Beauty and Brains presents a work in progress. Your favorite weekly podcast all about navigating adulthood and adversity with transparency and vulnerability. Here, we highlight progress over perfection. You're listening to my personal professional development diary, where I share the highs and lows and the real and raw parts of the story that no one talks about. I'm your host, Breland Hunt, a work in progress. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are sound in mind and strong in spirit. As you can tell by today's episode, today we're going to be talking about some sad, dark, and troubling things. So I first just want to give a trigger warning that suicide will be discussed in detail in this video. Um, before we get into the video, I... I don't even, I don't, I'm just not really ready to fully share everything yet, but I just want to ask for your prayers. Um, I thought about not even recording an episode this week just because I'm personally going through some things, unfortunately, um, with my own grief in my family. And so this week has just been very difficult for me. Dang, in the first five seconds, I thought I was going to make it longer than this. It's been a very hard week for me, and um, but I wanted, I wanted to talk about this, and it, it may make it even harder to talk about this, but um, I'm at least going to give it a try. So I just pray for, I ask for your prayers and, um, and just your grace. Again, if this podcast is all over the place if it's not perfect if it's if I'm super sensitive um but let's start off with this week's brain freeze um it's much more than a brain freeze this week um the shocking and devastating news shook me to my core it was more like a full body freeze and if you don't know what I'm talking about right after I uploaded my last podcast episode um I heard the news of the passing of a legendary, kind, loving, beautiful, and successful young woman in the pageant industry who took a piece of our hearts with her when she jumped to her death, ending her life and leaving so many people who loved and admired her confused, angry, upset, outraged, and awakened by the seriousness of depression and the dark reality of suicide. So today's podcast episode comes as a request to my viewer, Peyton Smith. Um, She wrote me telling me about Chesley and she asked if I could do a podcast episode touching on mental illness and the pressure this world puts on women sometimes um, in the future because it's clear that because someone may seem to have their whole world together that there could still be a lot of things going on behind the closed doors so again first off I'm grieving in multiple aspects and this and even just processing this tragic news along with the world so I just again ask for grace if I don't say the right thing Um, I personally have been so blessed to not have to really deal with death as much um, as other people may have until this week Um, but I I definitely first want to share my condolences to the family and friends um, and all of her loved ones and um, yeah my thoughts and my prayers are with you all 
And um, if you ever have an episode request that you want to share with me, you can visit my A Work in Progress page on my website, breelandhunt.com, under the Beauty and Brains tab, and you can message me there, or you can always DM me on Instagram. So, for those of you who don't know, um, last Sunday, a week from today, Chesley Chris died by suicide. Um, if you don't know who she is, she is a former Miss USA. She was a Division One athlete and a fitness enthusiast. She was, of course, a daughter and a sister. She was an educated woman with her, of course, her bachelor's degree, which she graduated with honors. Um, she had her MBA and her JD. She was a lawyer um, who so eloquently spoke about and advocated for and worked towards social justice. And then going into the pageantry side of things, after placing first runner-up in the Miss America organization for Miss North Carolina, which a lot of people don't know, but if you're like in the pageant world, you understand like how big of a deal that is for her then to go on and win Miss North Carolina USA on her third try, um, which was also her last year of eligibility, ultimately winning Miss USA in 2019 and then placing top 10 at Miss Universe. And then she has the longest reign for Miss USA um, because she was during the pandemic. And obviously a lot of people know of her or are familiar with her because she held that title of Miss USA the same time that Nia Franklin of Miss America was a black title holder. Miss Teen USA and Miss Universe, they were all black title holders at the same time in 2019. And it really just like, you know, shook the world and the pageant community and the black community just went crazy. But, um, and then afterwards, after Miss USA, again, she held that title for like over 500 days and she had an amazing reign that I was obsessed with. Um, she recently became a correspondent on Extra and so she hosted backstage coverage to several pageants and she was even a preliminary judge for Miss Universe this past year, like a couple of months ago. Um, and overall, she was just, again, always kind and spreading love and mentorship in the pageant community. So it is both a huge shock and an extreme loss for everyone and you know just kind of once I, I knew that I was going to talk about this but I'm still at a loss of words I I was journaling a lot this past week because there's just been so much going on so much on my mind so much on my heart I really could not sleep so I have a lot of the things that I want to say written down and I'm glad that I do because if not I literally would be speechless because she touched so many people beyond the fact of her, you know, being Miss USA. It's like you think, because there are some pageant title holders who it's like they're famous in the pageant world, you know, like they've touched lives in the pageant world. They've inspired people in the pageant world, but very few have been able to reach so many spheres that she did. And even just seeing the way that not only the media, but like everyday people, I've, I've probably brought her up so many times during this week to people in conversation and everybody has heard about it nobody's like oh, I don't know who you're talking about everybody has heard about it everybody is saddened by it. it it has this huge impact on people even if they didn't know her even if they didn't follow her and you know I literally followed Chesley not to sound like oh I knew her from the beginning but I literally followed her on white collar glam before she even won Miss North Carolina USA of course I didn't really like know her and I never got to meet her personally but that's we'll get into that later the point is that she is super special like she's super special because 
just her energy and her impact is so strong that it's not just like, oh, it's a pageant girl who died. It's like, this is somebody who's, again, really amazing, really impactful, really successful, really beautiful, really just all around amazing person. And not only did she die, but then she died by suicide. And I think that's the first thing that I want to talk about here, just like dealing with suicide. I mean, as an observer and an admirer of her, um, and like as a friend, I don't even, I've never had to experience this. Like personally, I described this to my friends and my family who, you know, brought it up to me. It was kind of like, I imagine when Kobe died, of course, everybody felt some type of way. Like I even remember feeling sad when Kobe died, but I mean like y'all, I couldn't sleep about Chesley because just thinking about the fact that she decided to die by taking her own life that is something that's so serious and heavy and especially for her not to be a person who consistently talked about mental health or who was super open about struggling in general and you know we all have our own troubles and dramas and problems and things but she just wasn't one of those people that you heard things about so you just expected that everything was okay and now we know from her that we can no longer expect those things um and like 3 a.m. I wrote in my journal entry she impacted me since the moment she won I looked up to her I loved all that she accomplished I love her social media I loved her impact on others I loved how much she was loved by her friends by her mentors I loved how she loved to be a mentor and I loved how she was a true pageant friend to end her story so abruptly and tragically like this has my mind spinning jumping from a building The strength to do so means your will to not want to live was so strong. You experience sadness and maybe even depression sometimes, but this really puts into perspective how serious mental illness and how taunting depression can be and how literally life-shattering it is to not receive the help you need. And I just think that... I don't... I I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job because I don't really have many words except for I'm just very shocked that of all ways, you know, if she would have died in a car accident or a plane crash or if it was some type of accident where her life was taken from her, it would be a different sort of celebration of her life. But it's the fact that she was so beautiful and so accomplished and seemed, seemed to be all these things happy and loved. But the fact that it it wasn't enough for her, that she was being tormented in her mind, that she was dealing with some evil demon that was in her head, it really kind of like scares me to think like, like I said, to do something, even the, the form that she took in order to end her life, like jumping off of a building to me is just so heavy and 
I'm like to take that strength that that takes a lot of strength and to think that you should you seem so strong in other areas of your life being able to you know go to a predominantly white institution to make it through law school to make it through pageantry like this is a doggy dog world and you're not only surviving it but you thrived in it and yet there was something that was tormenting you so much and and so you wonder like what was it that had her so depressed was it you know all the accomplishments was it you know was it family issues was it a significant other issue what what was it and of course you know I did a, I did a lot of research I watched a lot of videos I I I consumed a lot of content just to get more answers and some of it was helpful and it did close in and I'll talk about those things later but I think that that was one of the things that I really struggled with was not knowing why like I'll never really know why I think a good part of it was probably the toxicity of pageantry and the hate that she received and the amount of pressure that it kind of came with not just pageantry but just the pedestal that she put herself on um, and that pressure and then again probably also unknown issues that we know nothing about and then just to top it all off the demon that's in her head because I think we all have a demon that's on our other shoulder like those cartoons that you see an angel on one side and a demon on the other I believe that's so true except for they're both in your head and you just have to you have to be so strong to listen to the angel, your guardian angel in your head, the Holy Spirit, instead of listening to the devil on that shoulder. Because I mean, he's loud, he's angry, and he's mad. And once he figures out what that thing is that triggers you, he will literally push you to the edge. And to know that she was struggling with this demon in her head, I'm just wondering, like, did she ever tell anybody how how long was she struggling before just deciding to end it all and the fact that we will probably not get any answers because there's not going to be a huge you know expose there's not going to be a big movie the life of Chesley Chris like she was important she was significant she is like I said making headlines and news but you know as with everything time will go on and people are not going to look into it even you know I heard some people in the comments on YouTube videos saying that it seemed like maybe foul play because even the letter that she wrote was typed and it just said leave everything to my mother no explanation no why she did it I you know and it's kind of just like but you just have to deal with it like you just have to deal with the fact that this is that she's no longer here and that it's a very good chance especially now that the now that the coroner has officially ruled it a suicide it's a it's a likely chance that she did take her own life despite what we think what we thought what we felt what we saw and and that just brings us to the next thing which is like facing this dark disease that has taken so many lives especially recently and it's just like this slow and sometimes silent killer and that's depression and like I said it, it was really weird because she seemed to be so happy and and she was an obvious and intentional light. Like you could see that she always wanted to be dancing and smiling and laughing. And she always wanted to be there for other people. And so to to know that that was a front for her high functioning depression, it just makes it so confusing. Like how long was she suffering for? And, you know, was she so happy and nice to cover up her deep depression or I don't know. I did see a really helpful post on Instagram that talked about how um, depression is a spectrum. 
which I don't think I've really ever heard before. I think that this is a helpful conversation, something to bring forward, because like I said, even for myself, sometimes I, I feel like, okay, I'm going too far by saying like I was depressed. I think that I have depressive states and I'm like, or am I just really sad? You know, is life just not going good? And I think that like there is a, a you know, chemical imbalances that have to deal with depression. So sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I feel like I'm taking a word that I, I don't, deserve. Um, but knowing that it's a spectrum, I think may make it not only just easier for me, but other people as well for them to really realize and see like you may not feel like you're ready to jump, but you may be a little bit more than sad or you may think that you're just sad, but you could be further along the spectrum than you think. Anyway, so the Instagram post says that that one side of the spectrum, you believe that your life truly has no value and the world would be better off without you. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you may simply be contemplating ending your life because it feels easier than what you are experiencing. Like I mentioned before, I don't really have a lot of experience or expertise in suicide ideation and so I really just want to read her post here because I feel like it's it's really great information and she says part of SI is taking back control of your life in a time when you feel you have lost it if that's you pausing for stillness is better than emotional action if you feel ashamed and like you can't share your deep dark secrets out loud please consider therapy. There are professionals who have heard it all and who want to hear what you have to say without judgment. It is important to learn your triggers and label the emotion they evoke because your feelings matter. Language has power and once you can call it by name, you can conquer it with strength. I just think that I couldn't have said that better. I agree completely. And I think, like I said, even on my smaller scale, I, I know my triggers. I know there are certain things where I have to work very hard on, like telling Instagram, I'm not interested. Do not show me this. Tell my friends, do not mention this to me. I don't want to talk about this because I know that the emotions that they evoke and I will literally spiral because of them. And it's like, if you know your triggers, you can kind of stop it. And even like I said, when I was first able to call out things like my anxiety, again, different things but just relating it to my own experience I think that using the language in order to say like you know the Lord does not give us a spirit of timidity or fear but he gives us power strong mind and things like that I think that language helps you overcome it and conquer it so um of course like I said I definitely recommend therapy to everybody because like life is crazy y'all and we're really going through things and we just can't lose anybody else especially not to depression this way so the first step is acknowledging it acknowledging that you need help and then preparing to combat when you have these mental health crises and again if anybody here is watching or listening please know that you matter and you are valuable and the world is better because you exist in it even if you forget for just a second please don't let it be more than a second because this is hard. This is hard on the people who love you. This is hard on the people who who admire you, who see you from afar, who are rooting for you. You may feel like you have no one. You may feel like you're alone, but you're not. And the most important thing is to remind yourself that the devil will only remind you of your past when he's threatened by your future. So get that th devil off your shoulder, shut him up, put a muzzle on him and listen to that guardian angel who's trying to remind you of the good the good of your future when the enemy brings up your past cast down those negative thoughts and start declaring the word of the lord because at the end of the day god is bigger than your past 
your pain, your anxiety, your depression, your anger, your fears. He's literally bigger than this world. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide you with a way out so that you can endure it. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Next up, I wanted to talk about toxic pageantry because I think that a lot of people are focusing on the fact that, quote unquote, her life was so perfect and how could she end her life? And I think that that's a whole nother conversation. But I think that a big part of what probably made her unhappy was the fact that she was severely bullied online. I think a lot of people were like, oh, she had like haters or, you know, she had to deal with stuff because pageant, every pageant winner does not have to deal with disgruntled fans and the people who are into pageantry are into pageantry like i said it's a whole industry it's a whole community and there are people who they have their favorites and when their favorites don't win they're mean and they're mad and chesley was a dark horse throughout her um miss usa time so nobody i wouldn't say nobody but you know she wasn't on the top of people's list she wasn't the the one to beat she wasn't the front runner so when she won there were a lot of people who were upset there were so many people who were upset with her um we had just had two black girls back to back one year earlier of course we had that little break with sarah rose but people were so upset that it was another black girl even though she literally to me i was i was so confused i remember actually writing a blog post about it and you guys know like i, I you know i did a little bit of blogging i didn't really blog i went in and out of it if I wrote, if I sat down and really wrote, that means that I was really like impacted by it because I literally wrote a blog post about how, like, why do, does the pageant community, I think, hate black people? I think that's what it was called. I, I literally need to go to my own website. Oh, so I will leave this in the show notes for you guys. But I wrote this on May 3rd, 2019. This had to have been either the day or the next day that she won the pageant. And my title was, why is a black beauty queen never good enough? I said, can I be honest with you all? Today, I have felt pure disgust for the online pageant community. For those of you all who don't know, yesterday was a 2019 Miss USA pageant. Although this is not the system that I'm competing in, it is still a fun event to this is still a fun event to watch and support as a lover of pageants. Leading up to this night, I've been keeping up with the various contestants, watching Instagram stories, and making my top picks for the crown based off of the preliminary competition and what I saw on social media. Last night, Chesley Chris, a part black woman from North Carolina, won the crown. Currently residing in North Carolina, I was already familiar with Chesley, her work in the community, and honestly, she was a great inspiration and a role model. Although she wasn't in my top list of girls before starting the pageant, I agreed with the judges that she was that she indisputably gave the best well-rounded performance during the pageant, especially through her finals round of questions and answers. As a lawyer, she spoke eloquently and ultimately won herself the crown. This made her the third of the current Black Pageant Queen trilogy between Miss America, Miss USA, and Miss Teen USA. What a time to be alive. However, the internet's backlash to her win has deeply upset me because she was not a standout contestant on social media to some and frankly because she was black there have been so many negative comments about how she does not deserve the crown heavily followed pageant instagram pages have hashtagged that miss usa is becoming an interview competition insinuating that is the only reason she won the crown this is upsetting to me because i see pageants as the ultimate representation of beauty and brains which i mentioned before so i think we just go on and um 
wow it's really it's really crazy to see that i wrote this at this time first of all it was before zozy was a part of the i would say it was the you know infamous trio it ended up being the quad of them but you know i just said i said my love and admiration to chesley because she embraces this amazing accomplishment without internalizing the biased hatred she received online and that's what i thought i thought that she handled it well um, I realized that she was facing it. Like I said, I saw it. I saw it from the moment that she was crowned. I was like, yo, why are they hating on her? She's literally beauty and brain. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Like she, she had a great body. She had a great energy. She, she was nice. Like what, what more do y'all want? Just cause she wasn't blonde with blue hair. I mean, what? blonde with blue eyes doesn't mean that she wasn't you know beautiful like don't y'all want a queen who speaks well she's a whole lawyer I was like I don't get how you guys are not literally obsessed with her and I forgot but yeah I was living in North Carolina at that time so I had been already familiar with obviously who our state pageant queens were so I saw from day one that she was crowned how much hate she was getting and I even remember like I, I would watch a lot of stuff with Chesley. She was my favorite current Miss USA. Um, of course, I loved like Deshauna Barber and Olivia as well. But Chesley, like she was my most recent queen where I was just like, yo, I, like I said, I really admired her. I loved her. I thought that she was great from the beginning and then her reign was amazing. And then after her reign, it was like, it just kept getting better. And I saw from the beginning how much hate she was getting and I realized that she was facing it and like I said sometimes I would be like on her Instagram lives and or even just look under or even just looking at the comments underneath her picture and I would see things would be nasty and she would talk about blocking people so I don't think that I fully understood how much it actually impacted her. I even remember watching a TikTok of her talking about the microaggressions that she faced in the workplace of being a lawyer so it wasn't even just in the field of like pageantry as well but it seems like she just always dealt with a lot of animosity even though she was super smart, super beautiful, super talented super successful um i even remember like seeing this one tiktok of her you can make a tiktok video responding to somebody's comment and the comment said there's literally nothing humble about you you are a self-absorbed egomaniacal e egomaniacal what any ego maniac how do you pronounce that word egomaniac narcissist i mean that is a if i got that comment that that's that's so intense and not only did she see it but she like responded back to it and I just don't really I don't know if the other girls just don't respond to it as much or if her hate was just on a different level and I don't really know why that is I don't know if, if it was because she was so outspoken and she talked about Black Lives Matter or you know I, I don't really know what it is it seems like people just like really hated her and they wanted to hate her but at the same time like I said she was so nice that she also had like this huge amount of people who admired her and loved her and who were happy to support her and or receive her support um, the last thing I'll talk about just on social media, because again, I'll never truly know. Um, I, it's really sad. I've never gotten to meet her in person. And I was telling one of my coworkers about how I've had multiple opportunities to meet her. And I always kind of waited because I just knew like, because I really admired her. I wanted, when I met her for me to be 
this sounds bad, but like at a certain status, like I wanted to be introduced to her. I didn't want to like introduce myself because I knew that she, she meets so many people. Obviously like you're Miss USA. If somebody comes up to you like, oh, you know, I'm a black pageant queen too. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Congratulations. Good for you. And granted, she's really nice. So she may have like, you know, taken to me, but the chances are that it just would have been like a high and buy thing. And so I was like, I would have rather have already like been Miss Marilyn and then like reach out to her and talk because then I think she would have just like remembered me more and I just I I liked her so much like I could I wanted to be her friend and you know that's your whole goal when you're on social media and or even just like you're being a title holder like you want people to like want to be your friend like actually want to like you want to hang out with you want to learn from you etc and so I admired her so much that I didn't want to just meet her on a whim. Like I wanted to meet her when I knew that I had the opportunity to get to know her. And so like even just last month or two months ago now when we were at Miss America, I saw her passing by. I went to the pageant at Miss USA when she gave up her title. Um, I, I've i seen her so many times and I'm always just like, you know, I have a little fangirl moment and I don't go up to speak to her because I was just like, oh, like I'll, I'll have my time. But anyway, I also remember this other TikTok of her talking about the times that she's been humble. And it was, you know, some things on there where it was like, you know, not like placing top 10 in Miss Universe. And it's like, I can see how one's part of you was kind of like, you really wanted to be Miss Universe in order to prove everybody else wrong. But then you also were Miss USA at Miss Universe and you made the top 10. Like it's such, it's so hard, like not to let that be an accomplishment for you. But instead you felt like that was something that was kind of like, she said it again, the things that humbled me, but I kind of saw it as like, these are the things that like play in my mind consistently about the times that I've taken a really big L because how else would you describe like things humbling you, right? Like, so if I were to describe like things humbling me, these are things that, like I said, I, I really wanted and they really, I did, I never got them and they make, they make me sad. They make me feel regretful. They, they kind of make me wince. They cringe a little bit. Toxic pageantry was very clear in her social media. That's the gist of what I was trying to say. That was a very long it was very clear with the amount of hate that she received online, even from day one. And then I ended up watching this um, podcast interview that Chesley had with Sierra, who's another pageant girl. Um, she talked about how Chesley dealt with a lot of racism and how she spoke about it in this video, which I'll post a clip next for you guys. How did you deal with that on the mental health side of things? Um, I tried to just ignore it, which wasn't easy, um, but... I think I'd started experiencing it when I first started competing in state pageants. I remember when I won my first preliminary competition because in North Carolina, um, in the Miss America system, in order to advance to state, you have to win a local pageant, like your city pageant or county pageant or sometimes a festival one. And so I just won my first preliminary pageant the first year that I started competing. And there was this, this anonymous um, board where people could anonymously post and it was a public board. And I remember going on to it um, when I first won, because, you know, people tell you not to go on those things now, but when you're, when you're a newbie, you don't know. Mm -hmm. I remember going on there and somebody had posted like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she won. She's so ghetto. Have you looked on her social media page? Her Facebook's terrible. <laughs> and it just like ruined my night, literally ruined my night. I remember I was on cloud nine because I finally won. My friends were there. And I just remember thinking like, 
this is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm clearly woefully underprepared to go to state. It, it is very, honestly, sometimes I feel like it's surreal of how nasty people can be. And I sometimes want to message people and say, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Because... Like, that's the thing. Like, you can't be okay and no. and be that hateful towards That's you. what I mean. Yeah, and no. so that, that's the approach I tried to take was like, okay, this, this, them, them calling me, you know, these, these awful names has almost nothing to do with me. You know, I no. think many of these people have probably been called awful names themselves. Maybe you're calling other people ugly because you think that you're ugly mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you called those names before and so you're just copying that same hatred that she also had another video where she talked about microaggressions that she dealt with from all facets of life from acquaintances to co-workers to fellow students and and as sierra says she was clearly tired of it she even says in another video that she quit the legal profession because of it and again i haven't really been on social media for like a month now so i wasn't familiar with her having quit um, her law profession. I, I wasn't familiar. I thought at first I was kind of like, oh, I, I don't think she's really practicing law anymore because she's like clearly doing, she's being an extra correspondent. I thought that was her main gig. I didn't know she was still kind of doing both. Um, but apparently she had quit the legal profession and she kind of like not announced it, but like talked about it on TikTok, but I just hadn't been on TikTok. And I will say that even, and again, I hate to be so much though, like, I, oh, I knew it because I obviously did not know that anything like this was going to happen. But I do remember like, I really, really liked her social media. I just thought that, like I said, she just carried herself so well. I would just always get excited to see like what she would post. I thought that she was like just an innovative person to see how to not like be, I don't know. I really just liked the things that she posted on social media because it didn't even necessarily have like so much context to it i was genuinely just following it because i liked her and i like that like she could have so many different niches she could talk about fashion she could talk about hair she talk about pageantry she talk about school law um fitness like she could talk about uh pop culture politics she could talk about so many things and i literally just listened to her because i liked her and i thought that that was so like powerful how much like reach and impact and influence she had in so many different spheres and so i really admired that about her so i really like kept up with her social media just to like just to see like how are you incorporating all these different facets and like is it super calculated or is it just you know this is who you are and I noticed that she kind of slowed down on posting now granted I haven't been on social media much of 2021 but when I was on I noticed that she kind of slowed down on posting significantly and so I didn't notice that but only because I was watching her heavily because like I said I really admired her things and so when I was on I noticed she wasn't there and when I wasn't on I missed that she had quit the legal profession because of like the mac the microaggressions i think that what sierra wrote in the caption of this video was really important where she says society has to stop normalizing abusive toxic racist and misogynistic behavior and we need to stop normalizing tele telling people to acclimate to this behavior by tolerating it or appearing unbothered because this is a larger work that needs to be undone we need to be there for our friends on an individual level but so much needs to be done on a larger scale to eliminate the triggers that cause depression and other mental health issues especially for people of color and marginalized groups I completely agree with that. And I think that this is something that just hasn't been in the forefront. The fact that these people were allowed to be so negative to her for so long in literally broad daylight, 
She said one time in a comment, I can't tell you how many times I deleted comments on my social media pages that had vomit emojis and insults telling me I wasn't pretty enough to be Miss USA or that my muscular build was actually a man body. This is the toxic part of pageantry that nobody talks about. And I won't just say that it's just for, you know, black women, but I will say that we seem to get it the most often and also the hardest. And it should really be a huge wake-up call for everybody in the pageant industry, but just on social media in general, if the fact that somebody that we that we had to lose somebody who was so great, who was a great role model. She was a great representative for pageantry. She brought it back to life. She, you know, brought validity and credibility and fun and spunk and glamour. She she was a great representative for pageantry and the fact that you all, you haters, you toxic people pushed her to her death is something that is like y'all need to be held accountable for this and it needs to be something that is spoke about so loud so that way this toxicity in pageantry can literally be null and void it needs to be deleted it needs to be erased i hope that this really wakes people up to where they will think harder about leaving these negative comments on people's specifically these pageant queens pages thinking that you're hiding behind a screen or i'm just rooting for the person who i want to win your words matter and they can literally make an impact like this stuff is serious and hopefully Chesley's life will be a representation of that where it won't be as bad in the future. That quote was actually in her essay that she wrote for Allure magazine for um, her turning 30 years old, which we're going to get into because that is a very hard to read essay um, now that we know the way that her life has ended um but the second part of that quote was that not only did she basically catch the attention of trolls for her looks but also for her opinions that they were enough to make a traditional pageant fan clutch their pearls and so it's kind of hard to look back and think like i can't believe i thought that she handled it so well but in reality it was eating her up on the inside and like I said, I think that it's just, it's no, it's not fair. We failed her in making it seem like it was up to the contestant and the winner to be strong enough, strong enough for the hatred and the bullying. Like I said, people want to call it like, there's a difference between a troll and a bully. And I think that just like how, you know, 13th reason, 13 reasons why she was bullied and other like there are multiple ways that people can be bullied. And I think that as, you know, as a successful grown woman, it doesn't seem like you're bullying. How could I bully Miss USA? But one, two, three comments, all it takes is one. And and now it's toxic. And so, I, like I said, I think that the toxicity needs to be addressed and ultimately stopped because of a light so bright and impactful and successful was hurt so deeply by the culture of toxic pageantry. And if it has left so many hearts broken, then it is serious. And unfortunately, an action like this is necessary for things to change on her behalf and in consideration for those to come. When Deshauna Barber commented on Chesley's death on her Instagram story, she said, I will be completely honest with you all. The pageant world is a very brutal place and not everyone with a crown is actually a queen. Queen meaning a person that is kind, compassionate, genuine, giving, hardworking, intelligent, and sisterly. Chesley was the embodiment of a true queen. 
She set a bar that is impossible to reach. She was incredible. I can't explain how devastated I am sending love to her family. So I just think that with that in mind, like I said, losing somebody who was who just meant so much. Finally finished my book from January and there was this part in it where the lady basically had the students in an auditorium scream out what they were no longer going to let control them, whether it be anxiety or they were screaming out all these different things. And it literally made me declare then, and I'm declaring it here and now, I declare that toxic pageantry will have no power or control over the women in this industry. I declare that this life lost will be the catalyst for radical love and acceptance of all title holders and pageant participants from this day forward. In the memory of Chesley and in the name of Jesus, I declare that toxic pageantry will no longer have power or control control over this industry. <sighs> Lastly, I think we have to talk about the obvious, which is I think which is what's touching so many people outside of pageantry, and that's assuming that her overwhelming success made up for the hatred and the bullying that she received. I think that something that has hit me so hard this week is that success does not equal happiness. So as I mentioned earlier, Chesley had accolades for days. She was one of the most successful of the recent former Miss USA's. And again, I, I questioned, like, did she feel more pressure, pressure to do more, to be more, to have more, to accomplish more? Because if she just would have literally just done what she was doing, I think we all would have been like, Chesley's amazing. Chesley's amazing. So was it us? Like, were we making her feel the pressure as though she always had to one up herself or did Chesley struggle with the toxic concept of an elusive perfectionism that can never be met? Did she understand the impact that was already done with her influence, her story, her success, and her actions? Like we saw her, we loved her, we showed her love. And it, what? why was that not enough? What more did she need? If she even opened up just a little bit, I'm sure that she would have received more love from us if like I'm like if you needed more we could have given you more love this is where I've been stuck at after the shock of her death and then the suicide and then just being like outright upset about the toxic pageantry this is where I've just been stuck at for most of the week because if I'm being honest I see a lot of myself in Chesley I think that I mean and just in so many ways that I like I would even just say like again that elusive perfectionism thing that's Breland Barbie. Like that is exactly who she was. Like had everything together. She was, you know, that girl. And me stepping away from Breland Barbie was intentionally me saying like, you are not perfect. You cannot be perfect. You will not be perfect. You will make mistakes. You are more of a work in progress than you are a perfect Barbie doll. Perfectionism is, I'm literally going to make a whole podcast episode about it because it, it's, it's, I don't even know what it is. Like, is it a mental thing? Is it a society thing? Is it a, is it a chemical thing? Is it like, cause I watch too much TV? Is it cause I'm on social media too much? Is it like, I don't know what it is, but I've always just wanted more. I see more for myself. I feel called to more. And so sometimes 
it's never enough. And it makes you super successful because you go after things. And if you go after things, if you go after 100 things, you're likely going to at least get 50 or at least five. And that's five more than somebody who doesn't want to do anything at all. And so now you seem like you're, you know, you're so successful. and You have all these things where it's like you when you get them, you realize that it's it's never enough. I saw this one person on Instagram comment about how they were immensely focused on achievements in their life. And in a way, it was unhealthy and unrealistic. She said, for years, I measured my self-worth and success only by the quantitative factors that I could control and track my grades, rankings and weight. So and now many of us do the same with social media, followers, likes, views, etc. But I can tell you one thing from my personal experience, a crown more followers, getting into a top school, having a 4.0, getting your dream job, being a certain weight, etc. will not make you happy if you are not at peace in your core. We have to seek out our own joy and happiness. We cannot base our entire existence and success as a human being around external factors that we could change at any moment. And if we struggle to find happiness, it's critical for us to reflect and consider if we are battling mental health issues like anxiety, depression, OCD, or others. And I would literally, I just wanted, I wanted to like kiss this post. I was like, somebody gets it. I I think that I'm not the only one who is addicted to achievement. Like all I want to do is just like be great. But sometimes it literally consumes my mind and it makes me have like anxiety feeling like I'm, you know, late or not on time, not where I'm supposed to be. And that's like, like I said, God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity. He literally gave us sound mind, peace. And so it's like, I have just been working this past year on detaching myself from those thoughts, that mindset, that attitude, but it, it's very hard, especially when I'm literally applying to medical school as we speak, like it's hard, um, and again, I'll go into more about like me and my thought process and my sh- and my struggles in a different podcast episode because this one just really isn't about me. But I mean, just being an outwardly successful person and specifically like a woman of color, it's it's very easy like for things to become a facade for you'd like to always be on, and that's just a heavy heavy weight. It's it's very heavy and it's painful and then it becomes a part of your identity and a sense of your worth. And now your worth is tied to your achievements, tied to your career, tied to your title. And your your sense of worth is supposed to come from God. It's supposed to come from within. And so it really just makes it sad that Chesley wasn't able to fully grasp that. It bothered her so much to the point where again, was it, we don't know if that was it at all. I think that a lot of people are assuming, okay, perfectionism, success, high functioning depression, suicide. I think it was probably more on the toxic pageantry side. Again, we'll never know. It doesn't really help anybody to assume things. I think that it it's important for both conversations because it could have been a combination it's a it's important to have both of the conversations to bring light to these um, issues that could be impacting people's mental health mine yours your loved ones your friends etc um because it just may be things that are just different than what you would assume from the normal or the 
easily talked about or the the depression that you normally see. Um, so I think that both are important and we can't necessarily say it was one or the other. It could be a combination. It could have been neither. It could have been something completely, you know, whatever. But because we're all just so attached to the story and we want answers, we're digging and we're like, it was, it must have been this. It must have been this. It must have been this. Um, and one of the ways that a lot of people are doing that and why they're kind of coming to this, it's the pageant queen who had it all, but it wasn't enough. And it's never enough if you're, you know, addicted to achievement, um, was this essay that Chesley wrote right before her 30th birthday in Allure magazine. It was called A Pageant Queen Reflects on Turning 30. And I'll read an excerpt of what she wrote. She said, I discovered that the world's most important question, especially when asked repeatedly and answered frankly, is why? Why earn more achievements just to collect another win? Why pursue another plaque or medal or line item on my resume if it's for vanity's sake rather than out of passion? Why work so hard to capture the dreams I've been taught by society to want when I continue to find only emptiness? Too often, I notice that the only people impressed by an accomplishment were those who wanted it for themselves. Meanwhile, I was rewarded with a lonely craving for the next award. Some would see this hunger and label it as competitiveness. Others might call it the unquenchable thirst of insecurity. I'm shocked. I've never, I've never heard anybody talk about this, to be honest. I don't, I don't hear anybody ever talking about this. And I think that this is something that I struggle with a lot. Um, Like when Britt moved back home and, you know, we were just having kind of like our first big like catch up in person. And, you know, I was just telling her all that was going on. Like I said, I've been through a lot of different waves, especially with my medical school application where I was just like, you know, y'all know, like last year wasn't a good year for me. A lot of it was sad and it was very hard every time somebody would ask me like, how are you doing? How are you? And I want to be like, I'm good, but I'm like, I'm really not good. I'm really just taking things into perspective. Sometimes it was like, everything is okay. Like you have a house, you have a car, you have, you know what I'm saying? You, you have clothes, you have a roof over your head, but you just have this unquenchable thirst that's literally making you miserable day in and day out. It's interesting that she called it an unquenchable thirst of insecurity because I'm, I'm just, I'm so curious about this wording. And like I said, I, I need to do more thinking about it and, and I need to get in to talk to a therapist because I dropped mine and this has been a hard week and I need one immediately. Um, but yeah, I think that this is just such a profound statement, even the part about her being taught by society to want things, but how ultimately she just only finds emptiness in it. So again, I'll talk more about that later when I flush out my thoughts and I speak to my own licensed professional about it. But overall, I don't think it was solely a pageant girl thing. Mental pressure isn't exclusive to modeling or pageants. It's also in athletics, it's in academics, and it's it's in any arena of competitive excellence. And I think that, you know, that's really the story of my life. Like I said, like if I just want to be great. I just want to be, you know, impactful and remembered. And I wish she knew that if that's what she wanted too, if she only knew what her, what her death, how it impacted 
affected people, how it still inspired people, how it still touched people. There are people who were not in pageantry, who didn't have the things that she had that, quote unquote, people only wanted because, you know, people only cared about it because they wanted it for themselves. There are people who didn't want to be a beauty queen a day in their lives and were still touched by her story because of the way that she lived her life, because of the way that she touched people, by the way that she was so impactful in all these different ways. And I wish that she that she knew that because then maybe, you know, she would still be here today. So just to close out, I think the last thing is definitely just to remember that social media is a farce. Don't compare yourself to anyone on there. But most importantly, don't take the lives portrayed online of your friends and your loved ones as the full story. Don't let it stop you from reaching out, making a call and saying, I love you. People are going through things every day. And who knows if just one call again would have stopped it, would have changed things. And also be intentional about how you use social media. I've mentioned it a few times about how this podcast is an act of obedience for me. That's why even on one of my most saddest and depressing days of my life, I'm still here recording because the old Breland Barbie content was easy, but this is designed to be impactful, just like how my creator has created me. I believe that transparency helps us defeat false perfectionism and beating ourselves up internally causes for us to push away people who love us the most, friends, your family and your friends. But forgiveness and honesty and transparency can bring stability and a thriving mental health. So I know that you guys love the vlogs. When I can, I will. But the makeup videos and all that stuff is literally I'm being obedient. So don't disrespect what God told me to do because I'm going to be obedient regardless. And with that, you know, be kind. I think more than ever, we have been reminded that everyone you meet is facing a battle you know absolutely nothing about. And lastly, the pageant industry can have some very high standards of perfectionism which can make it difficult for women to acknowledge when they're struggling, especially with mental health issues. And so we can only pray that Chesley's heartbreaking story will lead young women to cultivate their inner worth beyond any external validation or a crown and just help them learn to lean on loved ones and, of course, seek help before it's too late. I will leave some musical therapy in the show notes for you guys. That's really been helpful for me. Just when my mind is spinning, sometimes, like I said, you just have to feed it. And of course, watch out for triggers. Um, The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline will be down below for you all. And I'll close out with some kingdom keys. Galatians 6, 8 in the Amplified Version reads, For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. I want to share a prayer that I pray very often when it comes to discontentment. And again, I think this has to do with that unquenchable thirst. Father, I confess that I quickly grow discontented with my life. 
If I'm not drawing nearer to you, I get stuck in a pattern of always wanting more. Please forgive me for this. Help me to fix my eyes on you because you alone will never fail nor forsake me. And in your name, Jesus, I pray that toxic pageantry no longer has control over this industry, that you will remove the toxic pageantry off the keyboards, off the comments, off the blogs, off the boy boards, that you, Lord, will be in control of this industry from now on, that it will only produce love and joy and peace. Because you, Lord, are bigger than our past, our pain, our anxiety, our depression, our anger, our fears in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're not already watching the pod, don't forget we're over here on YouTube at Beauty and Brains. So join me over here and subscribe to the channel. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Breland Hunt or visit my website, BrelandHunt.com for weekly podcast updates or to contact me to share your story. Until next time, be sure to live each day to the fullest because you only live once and give yourself some grace. We are all just a work in progress. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.